Good morning. Let's begin our service by singing hymn number 14. Arise, arise and shine, on thee hath dawned the day. God is thy sun, and Christ thy light, be thou a steadfast ray. Hymn number 14. The scriptural will be given by Suzanne from Vermont. I shall read from James. Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Take, my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord, for an example of suffering affliction and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he hath committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Let us now have a moment of silent prayer and follow with the Lord's Prayer and its spiritual interpretation 
as given in the Christian Science textbook. Our Father, Mother, God, all harmonious. Adorable One, Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom is come. Thou art ever present. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Enable us to know, as in heaven, so on earth, God is omnipotent, supreme. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us grace for today. Feed the famished affections. And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And love is reflected in love. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And God leadeth us not into temptation, but delivereth us from sin, disease, and death. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. For God is infinite, all power, all life, truth, love, over all and all. Let's now sing hymn number 163. Jesus, what precept is like thine? Forgive as ye would be forgiven. If heeded, Oh, what power divine would then transform our earth to heaven. Hymn number 163.
Welcome to the Sunday morning service of the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. We begin every Sunday morning here at 10 a.m. with our roundtable discussion, which is practical training in how to live Christian science. And we had another really good one this morning. So if you missed it, or if you'd like to catch it again, you can find it on our website, plainfieldcs.com, and you can also find it on our YouTube channel. We have a Sunday school for children that meets at 11 a.m., and that Sunday school has its own teleconference number because uh, many of our students uh, don't live in the area, and they attend by telephone. So if you don't live in the area, and if you have a child of Sunday school age, please call us. We'll give you the number and would be very happy to welcome your child to our Sunday school. We have a testimony meeting every Wednesday evening at 8.15 where you can hear testimonies of healings and lives saved, literally, through the study and practice of Christian science. And it's a great way to pick up the middle of the week. And at all of our services, we have a nursery for infants and toddlers, so you can bring the whole family. And we're going to have another Bible study session in two weeks from yesterday, Saturday, May 14th at 10 a.m. The study questions are on the website, so if you'd like to get a head start, take a look, and we would love to see you or hear you, <laughs> next uh, in two weeks, Saturday, May 14th at 10 a.m. And there's a really good, short but really good article that's featured on our website that I would like to recommend. If anybody's ever told you that you're immortal, or if you've ever thought that you were immortal, you need to read this article. It's entitled, The Inner Man of Spirit, by Peter V. Ross. Very encouraging and very instructive. Everyone is welcome here. And that includes all of you who are listening and participating from around the world. Now we will have the reading of a testimony from Miscellaneous Writings which attests to the healing power of studying the Christian Science textbook. And that reading will be given this morning by Lil from Plainfield. Page 440. I became interested in Christian Science through being healed. I had no faith in doctors, therefore would not consult any, but felt that something must be done, or I would soon follow a brother and sister who had passed on with the same claim. In my extremity, I thought of, quote, the great physician, unquote, and took my case to him and realized that he alone could help me. A relative, Finding I would not consult a doctor or take any drug gave me science and health with key to the scriptures to read, saying that although a dear friend thought she was greatly helped by a Christian scientist, he himself had no faith in that kind of treatment and had no use for the book. I had heard of the people called Christian scientists and of their textbook, science and health, but knew nothing about either. Yet I wanted to know and took the book gladly and was soon deeply interested in it. It was a revelation to me. Although I could only understand it in part, I knew it was the truth and the truth was making me free. I felt that I had been bound in prison and that now, 
one after another, the bonds were being broken, and I was lifted into the pure air and light of heaven. I was healed before I had read halfway through the precious volume, for I was obliged to read slowly and some passages over and over again. When I came to page 304, line 10, 47th edition, I then and there felt that I must add my testimony, though already there were heaps upon heaps. But since then, I have tried to put the thought of those dark days away from me and only refer to them now in the hope that someone who was bound may be released and brought into the light of divine love, which alone can heal and make us, quote, every wit whole, unquote. LMC, Brooklyn, New York. The lesson sermon for this morning can be found on page 10 of the Independent Christian Science Quarterly. Subject, Everlasting Punishment. The golden text is from Psalms. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. The responsive reading is from Second Peter. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bruce will now read. I will read from the Bible, 2 Peter. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Psalms. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me throughly from mine iniquity 
and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Acts And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest, and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias! And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth, and hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here... He hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me 
to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith, and arose and was baptized. Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. First Corinthians Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. For I am the least of the apostles, that am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Galatians Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. For, brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, 
meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Carol will now read. I will read correlative passages from the Christian Science textbook, Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures, by Mary Baker Eddy. The design of love is to reform the sinner, to cause suffering as the result of sin, is the means of destroying sin. Every supposed pleasure in sin will furnish more than its equivalent of pain until belief in material life and sin is destroyed. To reach heaven, the harmony of being, we must understand the divine principle of being. Who will stop the practice of sin so long as he believes in the pleasures of sin? When mortals once admit that evil confers no pleasure, they turn from it. Remove error from thought and it will not appear in effect. The advanced thinker and devout Christian Perceiving the scope and tendency of Christian healing and its science will support them. Another will say, go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. Unless the harmony and immortality of man are becoming more apparent, we are not gaining the true idea of God. And the body will reflect what governs it, whether it be truth or error, understanding or belief, spirit or matter. Therefore, acquaint now thyself with him and be at peace. Be watchful, sober, and vigilant. The way is straight and narrow, which leads to the understanding that God is the only life. It is a warfare with the flesh in which we must conquer sin, sickness, and death, either here or hereafter. Certainly before we can reach the goal of spirit or life in God. Paul was not at first a disciple of Jesus, but a persecutor of Jesus' followers. When the truth first appeared to him in science, Paul was made blind, and his blindness was felt. But spiritual light soon enabled him to follow the example and teachings of Jesus, healing the sick, and preaching Christianity through Asia Minor, Greece, and even in Imperial Rome. Saul of Tarsus beheld the way, the Christ or truth, only when his uncertain sense of right yielded to a spiritual sense, which is always right. Then the man was changed. Thought assumed a nobler outlook, and his life became more spiritual. He learned the wrong that he had done in persecuting Christians, whose religion he had not understood. And in humility, he took the new name of Paul. He beheld for the first time the true idea of love, and learned a lesson in divine science. Reform comes by understanding that there is no abiding pleasure in evil, and also by gaining an affection for good according to science, which reveals the immortal fact 
that neither pleasure nor pain, appetite nor passion, can exist in or of matter, while divine mind can and does destroy the false beliefs of pleasure, pain, or fear, and all its sinful appetites of the human mind. What a pitiful sight is malice, finding pleasure in revenge. Evil is sometimes a man's highest conception of right, until his grasp on good grows stronger. Then he loses pleasure in wickedness, and it becomes his torment. The way to escape the misery of sin is to cease sinning. There is no other way. Sin is the image of the beast to be effaced by the sweat of agony. It is a moral madness which rushes forth to clamor with midnight and tempest. To the physical senses, the strict demands of Christian science seem peremptory, but mortals are hastening to learn that life is God, good, and that evil has in reality neither place nor power in the human or the divine economy. Fear of punishment never made a man truly honest. Moral courage is requisite to meet the wrong and to proclaim the right. But how shall we reform the man who has more animal than moral courage? and who has not the true idea of good. Through human consciousness, convince the mortal of his mistake in seeking material means for gaining happiness. Reason is the most active human faculty. Let that inform the sentiments and awaken the man's dormant sense of moral obligation and by degrees he will learn the nothingness of the pleasures of human sense and the grandeur and bliss of a spiritual sense which silences the material or corporeal. Then he not only will be saved, but is saved. There is no hypocrisy in science. Principle is imperative. You cannot mock it by human will. Science is a divine demand, not a human. Always right, its divine principle never repents, but maintains the claim of truth by quenching error. The pardon of divine mercy is the destruction of error. If men understood their real spiritual source to be all blessedness, they would struggle for recourse to the spiritual and be at peace. But the deeper the error into which mortal mind is plunged, the more intense the opposition to spirituality, till error yields to truth. Human resistance to divine science weakens in proportion as mortals give up error for truth, and the understanding of being supersedes mere belief. Through repentance, spiritual baptism, and regeneration, mortals put off their material beliefs and false individuality, it is only a question of time when they shall all know me, God, from the least of them unto the greatest. Denial of the claims of matter is a great step towards the joys of spirit, towards human freedom and the final triumph over the body.
There is but one way to heaven, harmony, and Christ in divine science shows us this way. It is to know no other reality, to have no other consciousness of life than good, God and his reflection, and to rise superior to the so-called pain and pleasure of the senses. St. Paul says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Jesus said, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We will now have a moment of silent prayer for our world. Let's now sing hymn number 172. Lift up thy light, O man, arise and shine, steadfast while loud the storms of life assail. Immortal ray of that great light divine, against whose all power no tempest shall prevail. Hymn number 172.
Let's now sing hymn number 394. Word of life, most pure, most strong, lo, for thee the nations long, spread till from its dreary night all the world awakes to light. Hymn number 394.
I will read from the Christian Science textbook, The Scientific Statement of Being, and the correlative passages from 1 John, 3rd chapter. There is no life, truth, intelligence, nor substance in matter. All is infinite mind and its infinite manifestation, for God is all in all. Spirit is immortal truth. Matter is mortal era. Spirit is the real and eternal. Matter is the unreal and temporal. Spirit is God, and man is his image and likeness. Therefore, man is not material. He is spiritual. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen.